Hello, hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of Skeptics and Seekers Sunday Sermon Shorts, still cult week. Yep. And uh, I am going through and explaining why I believe that the mainstream milk toast Christian church is still a cult. We are going to break uh, the cycle. Uh, I'm not going to go back and paraphrase all of the other uh, shows that I've done on this this week. Go back and listen to the shorts. They're about 10 minutes long, roughly, as this one probably will be, even though I want to make it shorter. Uh, I always want to make them shorter. It just never happens that way. So um, we're going to break tradition and we're going to read a passage of scripture. This week's reason, uh, sorry, the, today's reason that I believe that the mainstream church is a cult is discipleship discipleship. It's kind of a strange word, a very religious word. It, it doesn't have to be, but it's one of those churchy religious words that should already raise the hair on the back of your neck a little bit. Discipleship. What does it mean to be someone's disciple? Uh, can you think of anyone in your life uh, or anyone living today that you think, you know, that person is so great. I think I would like to go and be their disciple. You see, al already it's a little bit of a problem. With Jesus, it's okay. And we'll, we'll talk more about this tomorrow. Discipleship, I'm going to break tradition and read some passages from the Bible. It'll be a quick reading. Luke chapter 9. I'm going to start with 57 because I think this is one of the best passages, there, there are others, but I want to keep this short. This is one of the best passages that shows how Jesus understood discipleship and how he enforced discipleship. As they were walking along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus said, foxes have dens, and the birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. So what Jesus seems to be saying here is, if you come with me, you're going to come broken and destitute. That's that's how it's got to be. Now, you might think that I'm applying some headcanon there, but I am making reference to other passages that I alluded to that would also be good passages for this reading. I'm doing a little bit of helicopter hermeneutics, but I am dealing with words of Jesus. If you're not sure what I mean, hit me up on the uh, discussion board, skepticsandseekers.squarespace.com. Log in your discuss account and discuss away. You can shoot me an email, skepticsandseekers at gmail.com, and I will be glad to justify why I am bringing in another passage to kind of explain this one. And to talk about that passage, we can chat. Okay, so that was the first one. The second one, this is one of the unique ones where Jesus is proactive. All right. This is not someone coming to Jesus saying, I'll be your disciple. This is Jesus going to someone. Jesus said to another, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go bury my father. 
okay, this seems to be reasonable. Jesus just, I don't know, plucks a guy out of a crowd randomly, says, follow me. And the guy obviously has some business to do. Jesus, being God, probably knew about the business the man had to do. And the business was the man's dad just died. Dude, have a little perspective, Jesus. Give, give him a chance to grieve and do his business. I mean, we know this just happened because the man hadn't been buried. The affairs hadn't been settled. So let's forget about the Jewish obligation to, to do this. Let's just think about the human obligation to do this. And the man is still willing. He says, okay, I'm going to do it. Let me finish this piece of business that has been, my father needs to be buried. But Jesus replied, let's see. But Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go proclaim the kingdom of God. Are you kidding me? This is one of the most tone deaf things that Jesus has ever said out of a, out of a number of tone deaf things that he said. Let the dead, I assume he is talking about the spiritually dead, people who he considers the spiritually dead, people who he seems to have written off. Let them bury the, the physical dead. You know, you've got other family. You live in a community. They'll bury him. Don't worry about it. Those people are dead to me anyway. I'm giving you the chance of a lifetime. All I need you to do is drop all of your responsibilities to your family. <laughs> Forget about that dead bag of bones. That was your dad. Follow me and go preach the kingdom. Are you kidding me? Cult has cult written all over it. Okay. Here's the last one. Verse 62. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go say goodbye to my family. Where did this man get the idea that he needed to say goodbye to his family? Well, again, I can drag in some other passages here to help you understand this. But he says, let me go say goodbye to my family. This man is about to part ways with his family for God knows how long. And he's ready to follow Jesus. He's going to volunteer to follow Jesus. There he is. Maybe this man had heard of Jesus. And here he is. He's saying, I want to follow you. I, I wasn't expecting to see you. Let me go say goodbye to my family. And Jesus says, great. No, he doesn't. Verse 62. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Not only are you not worthy to be my disciple, you're not worthy for the kingdom of God at all. You're not fit for the kingdom of God. And why? Because you won't abandon your family without saying goodbye. Jesus needed him to just flat up abandon his family. Again, we can pull in other passages to show you more about this one. But this this kind of has all of them 
in one. Abandon your family. If you come in with me at the moment of decision, if your family's not around, too bad. You come follow me. You come do my thing. Forget that dead corpse of your father. Forget saying goodbye to your wife and kids. They're not important anymore. If you're following me, those cats aren't important anymore, says Jesus. Colt! Colt! Now tell me, tell me, how does something that starts off like a cult become sanctified later on and certainly not be a cult. I'm going to talk about that tomorrow on my uh, last day of uh, cult week. Because what the Christian would say, at least I think what the Christian maybe should say, is maybe Jesus started off with these kinds of requirements, but that's not how we do it today. You know, things are different today. It's a different situation today. So it, never mind all that cult-like stuff Jesus said before. We're going to see if that's valid. We're going to take a look at that. So one more message in cult week. One more message to show you real Christianity. Real Christianity, boots on the ground, butts in the pews, Christianity, discipleship, cult. See you next time. I'm out.